welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yeah, by the band War. War, what is it good for? Defeating the French. Um, it's actually, <laughs> I always think, I always think uh, War, that the song <clears throat> What Is It Good For was by right. the band War, but, but it's, it's not. obviously not. It's by Edward, Edwin Starr, but... Is it like is Secret of Vows is one of those holidays where you like every time it comes around you're like, what is it again for? Right. Like it's, that's everyone thinks it's like Mexican Independence Day. And it's not. That's September sixteenth, uh, which my neighbors remind me of very loudly um, <laughs> every year. Right. Uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> Secret of Mayo was just a celebration of uh, like basically back in the eighteen hundreds, <clears throat> uh, Mexico had a bunch of debt, and Spain and England and France uh, teamed up to basically invade. Uh, Mexico to force them to pay their debt to them, and once they realized that France was going to try to reconquer all of Mexico, it, it wasn't really just about debt. They kind of were like, "Eh, we're fuck this, we're out of here." So uh, France got their ass asses handed to them, uh, and uh, because of that, Americans who have never been to Mexico celebrate the holiday <laughs> that, right. that few Mexicans actually <laughs> celebrate. Right. Um, well, it's just an excuse to order like your favorite fucking like fake Mexican dish from Chili's or whatever. You yeah, know? bottomless margaritas at right. La Senorita. It's fucking fucking it's, great. You, <laughs> high fructose corn syrup day, baby. Right. That's 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 the uh, the, the holiday Marx wanted to sell. It's, it's also Karl Marx's birthday. Right. Um, born eighteen oh eight, uh, which is which is pretty awesome. Uh, thanks to Professor David Harvey for reminding us of that today on Twitter. <laughs> So yeah, I, I got into uh, an altercation with a driver. Imagine that <laughs> yesterday. You, uh, but you, you, you're, you're so you, you love drivers. I, I can't imagine you getting into. Well, a, a normally I'm incident. the one who is is like banging on hoods and kicking in fenders. You know, when right. someone almost hits me, I'm like, you know, just th- this was not that. This was somebody who rolled up behind me. On a one-way street where there was, there was, it's so narrow that like there, there's only cars parked on one side of it. Oh wow! <laughs> and you can't. It, it's right. like it's, it's, Chicago has these boulevards that connect all like the major parks, where like the center four lanes is like a highway, mm-hmm. and then there was like a huge median that's big enough where there's like multiple rows of trees that then separate like the local traffic, and the only cars that are on there are people that live on that block. Right, and right. that's where people ride their bikes, and there's stop signs every block, but you don't stop because there's no there's no reason to when you're on a bike, right? And so this guy, like, I can hear him behind me, like, revving his engine, and then he starts blaring his horn, and as soon as someone blares their horn, because, you know, not, not for... The horn is only supposed to be used in an emergency. Right, to warn you of The danger. horn is not just like, hey, I'm mad at you, get out of my way. <laughs> Right, like I would like there should be a consequence for using your horn. Anytime you fucking use your horn, you should get a little electric shock. Well, there's right? actually a fine in New York City if you honk your horn while you're in traffic. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's just like know, a disturbing the peace kind of <laughs> we, thing. We like. spent millions of years developing this complex language, and we get in a car, we're reduced to just going. Ah! <laughs> ah! It's our only right. form of communication, so it's it's purely hostile. Petulant right? children, right? The, the only other option is just kind of like lightly tap the horn, like and that's kind of like a hey, you know, like happy little such a passive aggressive douchey. Yeah, I just want to make sure you know I'm not mad. I'm just I'm like rooting for you cyclists that are riding, you know, in mass or. So this guy just like lays on the horn, and as soon as anyone does that, I come to a dead stop because I want to know what the fucking problem is. Right, right, and I just come to a stop. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? And he starts shouting, and he's in his car, so I can't hear him. And I just like put my arms up again, like, well, what are you doing? So he opens his door, and he's like, get the fuck out of the way. And I'm like, uh, I'm not in your way, you're behind me. That's how traffic works, and there's no room for you to pass me here. So it's inappropriate for you to tell me to get out of your way. And now that you've become aggressive, now I'm now we're stopped having this conversation. So you're holding yourself up even longer. And he just goes fucking berserk. And he looks like like now he's got his door all the way open. He's out of his car now. Right. Usually when someone gets out of their car, they want to fight. Right. right. I've had that happen a couple times here in Chicago. And of course I've always avoided trying to fight because I'm not looking for confrontation. Uh, no matter how much somebody wants to hit me with their car. But he's he, this guy is staying behind his door, and I realize he's like he's really tiny. He's like looks like he's he doesn't look like necessarily indigenous Latino Latinx. He looks kind of more Spanish, like he's got very light skin, long hair. Um, but he he's driving an SUV, but it's not like a huge SUV. It's more like a like a big Subaru, but it's got right. like the like uh, like dune buggy lights on it, like it's extra sporty, you know. So. You know, it's not like it's like this huge vehicle that's imposing upon me, you know. And and he's fucking I really he's like five foot four. This guy's tiny and he's literally hiding behind the door. But he's shrieking at me and swearing like he's just going fucking ballistic. You right. know, and I'm and I'm totally calm. I'm I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just like, what is this guy's deal? This little fucking chicken hog. You know, right? little 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 Spanish Napoleon. And he's just going fucking berserk. I can't even understand half of what he's saying. And so I was turning to leave, and then he's like, yeah, now get the fuck out of the way before I run you fucking over. And I was like, what did you say? Like, it just completely stopped it, like, and turned right. around again. Like, I heard what you fucking said, dude. Like, he, I don't, he was getting back into his car. Like, and so then we, we kind of yell at each other a little bit more, but I'm still just kind of like... This this guy is just out of his mind, and he then can't I start not help but be amused by the situation. Slightly. Right, like he must have like just totally overcompensating <clears throat> for being insecure about being so tiny, right? Uh, and probably gets you know in his short twenty five. He looks like he's like twenty to twenty five somewhere mm-hmm. there. Um, probably gotten beat up a lot for talking right. shit, and this is just like his go to is to be hyper defensive anytime anyone challenges him in any way you know or he you know can't drive his car as fast as he wants to um so then it kind of dies down and i start to leave again and then and then again as soon as i turn around he's like he, go, he goes now shut the fuck up like as i'm going and i said so turn around again i'm like i said dude are you trying to start a fight like is are, are you every time i start to leave and get out of your way you yell another thing to get the last word in are you trying to start a fight? And he's like, "Well, I'm right here, aren't I?" And I and I, I'm looking at him, and I'm I'm closer to his door now, and I realize he's high as shit. Like his eyes were, I fucking saw his eyes were dilated like saucers, and he's I realize he's grinding his jaw sideways back and forth like someone who's really hopped up on cocaine would, or, or some other common offender. Right. So not not weed, just like something like no, he's like on some kind of fucking uppers. And right. It's like the middle of the afternoon, and I'm like, who's on? Who's fucking high on cocaine? Like like twelve hours later, sure, right. that's, you know. But now, like, what? <clears throat> no wonder he's so fucking crazy. And I just put my hands up and I said, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you should not be driving a car right now. Like referencing the state he was in, basically. Right. And then again, he's just like, shut the fuck up. 
you know, it's like that's all that's all you have to say. So I, after that, I was like, all right, you're you're nothing. I'm out of here. Um, but oh, the, in, somewhere in the middle of that, he after he threatened to hit me with his car and kill me with his car, he said, "Don't touch my car." Like he was afraid I was gonna fuck with his car. And like I, normally, that is my go-to is like to smash on someone's hood or flip their mirror if they're parked in the bike lane or whatever. I didn't make any. Let him look at his car. I didn't make any gesture or any kind of statement to indicate that I was going to hurt his car, right? But he went from, like, wanting to, you know, being fine damaging his vehicle, being on repair, uh, and killing me to then worrying that his car was going to be... Like, make up your mind, buddy. Anyway, right. I thought the whole thing was comical, and I'm like, this guy's <laughs> out of control, and I'm totally in control, and I'm not letting this phase me, because I was already in a really fucking good mood, because I got my vaccination yesterday. <laughs> nice, nice. Um... And I didn't so, even know that I had to, uh, I, like, I, I knew there was different kinds of vaccinations, and I knew that some you had to get two and some you didn't, but I didn't even think about that when I made the appointment. So I, I go to the United Center, and it, it's like the movie Outbreak, except without all, like, the, the Hollywood high-tech stuff they would have later on for no reason. Right. It was literally, like, like 300 National Guard guys in like, military fatigues, and then a bunch of private security, and I'm just wandering through this maze of like gates and you know turnstiles and tents, and I'm like every ten feet another person has to scan this uh, barcode on my phone, and then like ask me the so same creepy. five questions, and then you go to another spot and they do it again and again, and there's like no patience there. I, there was nobody else there except for me, and I'm like, this is fucking eerie so shit. Right. right, and I'm just like making sure to thank everyone, you know, for standing around doing nothing. I'm like, oh, thank you for scanning my thing, and you know, I'm like, when do I get my Bill Gates and or Melinda Gates microchip? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I, you know, sit, sit down, and there's this guy, and he's got a, he's in military fatigues, his his badge on, you know, his patch on his arm says. Uh, 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 air infantry and he's like you got any allergies i'm like nope he's like are you ready i'm like uh, sure Boop. all right you're done <laughs> like, <laughs> god bless america <laughs> so he wasn't even a doc they have just like regular tr- or, that's, uh, yeah, i'm that's sure he was trained as a medic um, right right but that's i i only saw one woman there who was had like a nurse uniform looked on. like a some kind of a medical well yeah. I, they're, they're, they made it super like i could as a pharmacy technician i could give vaccines like that's how right. much they opened right. it up to you know it just deputized any, everybody any like, asshole can you to stick do this it, pointy right? thing into somebody's arm and, <laughs> yeah you're good right um, right but i i didn't so they then they sit you down in this observation room and in the observation room there was about 10 other people i'm like okay so there's not nobody here we're not spending all this money on nothing but it's still concerning that we went from not being able to get enough people vaccinated to suddenly now there's so much availability and nobody's going like, that's, that's really the worrying issue. to me right that people uh, for whatever reason are like just not going because they don't trust vaccines, or they don't trust the government, or a combination of both, or we've, they're just... Yeah. Like, we've yeah. kind of reached the threshold of, like, I, I saw somebody say, like, Kentucky is 30% vaccinated, and they're starting to close a bunch of vaccine sites because just nobody's getting vaccines anymore. So, like, we're, we're definitely at this weird spot where everyone who desperately wanted one for the last fucking eight months, who are just like, you know, please give me fucking literally anything that will let me get back to some semblance of normalcy... Um, got it already or has been able to get it already and then everyone else is just like yeah i'm not gonna get that shit i don't fucking you know yada 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 um but you know it's just and you know and i 
I really think everyone should get it, but I do understand like people's hesitancy when it comes to trusting orgs like the CDC because you know what they've done in the last you know three four months specifically has really just completely eroded all trust in them as a, as any kind of a legitimate body that's only focused on health. And you know, obviously, people be like, "Oh, that well, they've always been that way." And obviously, yes, that's true. But you would think, you know, it, it, it's just gotten significantly worse. So, I mean, I, this whole episode, I think, is going to be uh, the theme of this episode is more or less going to be gaslighting because I feel like that's a major proponent in, almost, in every topic we're going to talk about today. Um, and, you know, specifically with in terms of vaccines, we're at the stage where you're seeing a lot of, um, you know, propaganda in the news media being pushed about, you know, A, there, there's the the line of, you know, how we're post-pandemic and how people are reluctant to go back and say all, all this shit, you know, that you see. Um, when meanwhile, you know, uh, there's a good chunk of the country that has not yet gotten vaccinated. There's a lot of um, states where cases are extremely high because of all the variants that are, you know, uh, gone through the country because nobody fucking does the right thing in this country. And nobody's, you know, it, it's just a whole it, it, it's it's just a really annoying, like, genre of, of uh, opinion piece that I've seen lately about shit like that. Um, but also you have this fucking situation where uh Biden is uh protecting the profits of the uh the drug manufacturers Pfizer, Moderna, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh by not allowing the uh patents to to you know be made in other countries. He's not allowing the, the a, a waiver for the IP. Well, he on only promised actual- to do that when he was running for president. I'm not right. going to hold that to him like some kind of purity test. Right. So, you know, it literally, and, and I want to play an audio clip here because this is actually a clip from um, Biden's, oh, here, where is it? So while he was running, uh, he met with uh, A.D. Barkin, who we, you know, we've talked about on the show a lot, uh, was, was you know, endorsed Warren and, and then, like, you know, whatever. Don't need to litigate him again. But this is what Biden said in response to whether or not he would uh, open up the patents for uh, for other countries to make them. And apparently, if the U.S. discovers a vaccine first, will you commit to sharing that technology with other countries? And will you ensure there are no patents to stand in the way of other countries and companies mass producing those life saving vaccines? Absolutely. Positively. This is the only humane thing in the world to do. If the U.S. So, you know, <laughs> not very unequivocal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Would you? Would, yeah. So that was a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. The, the problem, you know, is also just like trying to get America to do anything. It, it's, it's like as soon as government says, like, hey, it's really important you do this. People are like, yeah, it's not cool. I don't want right, to do that. Right. But if, like, a, a branded company tells you, like, hey, image is nothing, thirst is everything, you're like, oh, my God, that's so true. <laughs> it's all about the anti, anti-marketing dollar. So, like, right. literally, like, they're trying to, you know, like, gimmick people into getting it, you know? And I've, I've seen things where, like, they're trying to get, in some states, they're like, you know, if you get your vaccine, you can go to any bar with your vaccine card and get a free shot and a free beer. It's just, it's just like, oh, fucking, okay. What's, all right. <laughs> all right. I'll take it, right. Um, and think, also, there, right. There's, there's, like, branding think pieces coming out, trying to get people to, like, 
choose their favorite vaccine like because we have to fucking brand everything in our minds and this is this is from this isn't a real headline on slate just now pfizer snobs are wrong johnson and johnson is the coolest vaccine (laughs) (laughs) oh god fucking like it's clearly not written to be serious but like you know that somebody paid money for this to be right put out there social media is rife with vaccine braggarts claiming allegiance to team Pfizer or the or the Mo- moderna yeah. or the moderna gang you'd <laughs> think i'd be jealous since i didn't get either of those vaccines i got the vax that you saw on tiktoker comparing to the flip phone but guess what i'm sitting over here chuckling at those chumps and the other and their two shot vaccines why i'm a one shotter baby i received the coolest the most efficient the least painful and the most elite vaccine of all i'm j and j all the way <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Just imagine writing those words out, like from your fucking studio apartment in New York City. Just like I, I hope this gets enough clicks that I can afford to live here next month. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, here. So I want to read out also. Um, so Dr. Fauci, uh, you know, who's at least when he was standing next to Trump, seemed like a reasonable voice, but you know, was always more or less a mouthpiece for whatever you know the state wanted. Um, and what the state decided, you know, uh, as soon as Biden took over was like, and, and obviously before that, but I mean, it really got kicked into overdrive once they got the Trump problem out of the way and they didn't need COVID as an excuse to get Biden elected anymore was, all right, well, that's enough of this shit, you know, back to fucking capitalism. Let's just, you know, do whatever you can to get people to throw their bodies back at the, you know, back into the gears of the machine, uh, or to get the fucking, to get it working again, because you know, we, we've lost way too much money in the last year. I don't care if it's safe or not. So, you know, the CDC has been making uh, proclamations that are completely non-scientific in the last, you know, six months or however long Biden's been in there, um, you know, about how it's totally safe for kids to sit three feet apart instead of six feet apart. You know, every, every study that actually focused on respiratory spread and airborne spread said that it... Six feet is actually like a totally fake distance anyway. If you're inside in, our, in an enclosed room with poor ventilation, you're all going to be sharing each other's airborne you know, respiratory droplets anyway. Um, it doesn't matter if you're three or six feet. So it, it just, the whole idea was just, you know, everything that they do has a tinge of like, this is what business interests want us to say because it'll make people feel better about, you know, risking their health to make 725 a fucking hour. Um, but now Fauci was asked about this, uh, about, you know, releasing the patents on the vaccines so that countries like India, who are in a fucking massive crisis right now with their COVID surge um, and don't have, you know, decent vaccines uh, being produced. Uh, he So he was asked about this uh, and he told uh, the Financial Times on Monday that he was, quote, agnostic about how to boost vaccine supply to developing countries. But he added, quote, Going back and forth, consuming time and lawyers in a legal argument about waivers, that is not the end game. People are dying around the world, and we have to get vaccines into their arms as, uh, in the fastest and most efficient way possible. 
Which, you know, I, I mean, I'm an idiot. I don't fucking know anything. But that's, see, this, it seems like the most efficient way possible would be to waive the patent so that those countries can start producing the fucking vaccines so they can start putting it into people's arms. You know, the countries that produce all of our fucking medication and then ship it here so that the American companies can brand it and act like it's made here. Got news for you. Every one of your fucking prescription drugs is made in India. Like, that's that's where they make prescription drugs. Like, all of these fucking companies. Pfizer, fucking every one of them. So... This idea that, like, this racist idea that you see a lot on, and like, the replies from liberals who are trying to find any fucking defense they can cling on to why Joe Biden is committing, you know, ethnic cleansing by not allowing these poor country, poorer countries to make the vaccine. Um, oh, well, you know, they just don't have the resources or they don't have the technology to make. That's fucking bullshit. You know, that's racist fucking, uh, you know, white supremacy, right supremacy bullshit to act like these countries because they're not rich and white like us don't have the technology to make these things because this is where all of our fucking drugs are made in these countries. So total bullshit and gaslighting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, there's not much I can really add to that. Honestly, it's just, it's like this, you know, if, if it made sense when you were running for president, then clearly it makes sense. Now it's just, now you got what you wanted and you have no incentive to say those things anymore much right. less do them right 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 just just like the public option made a lot of sense when joe biden was running for president uh, and i haven't heard heard those that term in the last uh, six months i don't think so you know oh fuck all right well let's let's get into the into the cia of it all because the there was some interesting uh, goings on in the world of the CIA this week, uh, and it sparked a lot of uh, a, lo- a lot of media coverage, like in in the right wing media, for like ridiculous reasons. That you know, um, a lot of spinning, but it, it's just really funny because I think they look at the the video we're gonna play, and I look at it, and and see completely different. Uh, we get completely different things out of it. So um, we're going to play this video, uh, this official CIA recruitment video, uh, and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about it. And you haven't listened to this yet, right? I have not. Yeah, correct. I, I, I've read about it and I kind of uh, I know what's in it, but like I've purposely been saving actually listening to it yeah. for the show. So I, well, will, I, I uh, sent this to you before fresh it ears. blew up. Right. Yeah, I sent this to you before it blew up and I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like an exclusive thing we we're going to cover. And then like everybody had a <laughs> take on it. And then, it, you know, Glenn Greenwald was on uh, Tucker Carlson talking about it and they're both in agreement on everything now. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's just like yeah. they their whole thing with like woke culture is it's, you know, like PC culture back in the 90s. And it's just it's designed to stifle free speech. And it's, it's like that's that's not what they're doing. They're clearly... No. Their their agenda, the CIA's agenda, is not to uh, promote leftist values. It's to <laughs> oh god no, well put it, that put that sort of branding on the same old capitalist, colonialist, imperialist fucking products, right? In the hopes that they can get some fucking you know intersectional feminists, it's, right. uh, Condoleezza Ricer to to. You know, come up through their ranks and figure out how to how to torture and well, they're appealing to li- they're appealing to liberals because that's their target demographic right now. It, it like liberals who are just fucking idiots when it comes to actually focusing on the core issues and are just you know totally placated and satisfied with flowery language and 
deference to the to the terms that they like to use and then like will never look deeper into like what the CIA actually does, which is why they support all the fucking intelligence agencies because they were yeah. ostensibly anti-Trump during Trump's presidency, which is, right. you know, fucking laughable. But yeah, let's play the audio and then we'll uh we'll chat <clears throat> about it some more. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Zora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me. Full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. I, I can't believe that's real. I, that That's fucking insane. No, but she's there. She's pictured with John Brennan. It's real. I, I can't believe that's fucking real video that they put out. I, I, this, is, this is like it, what happens when people that don't understand the real struggles of movements to try to, you know, help marginalized people when they try to co-op the words that understand the ideas. And then they, they blunder uh, profusely when they're, when they're like, and I don't end my sentences. My, you know, my sentences don't inflect up at the end, implying that I was asking a question. It's like, <laughs> um, is she, could she like be like any more ableist? <laughs> Oh my god! It's I'm a, I'm totally a gender metal millennial diagnosis in general. It's yeah, anxiety. as, as the so... daughter of immigrants that had to flee Latin America uh, because of uh, CIA right wing backed coups that were uh, slaughtering labor uh, activists by the tens of thousands, I'm now going to join the CIA and promote the same fucking bullshit that they did. Aren't, aren't those because people my in her, family have to, to aren't be... Aren't people in her home country going to be so proud to be deposed by, by, by somebody that looks like them? Aren't they going to be so fucking that's, proud? That's all it is. That's um, all it is. So we had a, look. A, a guest come on our show uh, uh, 
about a month, month and a half ago, Dr. Lucianne Walkowitz. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they had a, a great tweet where they said, we spent billions of dollars making a word cloud out of things millennials tweet about and distilled it into two minutes of a psyop. <laughs> In this essay, the CIA will... And then it cuts off there. That's funny. Um, look, I get why right-wingers who don't know any better make fun of this shit, because it's fucking goofy as hell. It's hilarious. But, you know, obviously nobody at the CIA, you know, th- this is not... Like, th- yeah, Glenn Greenwald should know better, and he's really being a fucking little bitch right now i don't know what his problem is but um he he, like i don't know why he's acting as if this is somehow representative of the left and not representative of like like upper middle like upper class you know media elite liberals who like you know completely actually talk like this in real life uh and and then go on tv and praise the cia as some defenders of you know, democracy and freedom, like that's who this is appealing to. And that's who the, that's who the CIA is looking for at this point. I mean, they're, you know, they're not looking for the, the gruff, you know, 65 uh, year old general who's, you know, like that's not who they're, they're looking for. The well, they're people still who looking be, for those I mean, guys. Th- those people are still there, but you know, those th- are the people who are still always going to be in power and be in control. Right. Right. But, when but they, they're appealing when they, to liberals at this point. Sure. Well, when they put someone like Avril Haynes in there, you know, and, and parade her as the first, uh, you know, DNI who is a woman, she had to torture people to get that. Like, she has, you know, it's the, the people, the ideology, the white supremacy, the, you know, the patriarchy, it's still always going to be there, you know, to in order right. to, to, to get through that, that gate, you have to be just as ruthless, if not more, than all the white men. So, right. for what purpose is there diversity? I thought it was to have a kinder, gentler government, right? That that you would have the values of the people you were representing. And that's nowhere here. It's just, I'm going to say a bunch of words, right? and I'm going to go to work uh, destroying the culture and values that I'm supposed to represent by, you know, basically waging a war against Latin America, waging a war against labor movements, waging a war against any left-wing government uh, and any gains they could possibly have. Right. Well, they so represent we actually have the views a, of their class. You know, that's 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 the whole thing, right. is they represent the views of, you know, people in the CIA make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. They're not, they're not yeah. grunts, you know, working at, uh, you know, fucking, like, whatever. But. Listen, cishet Latino women in the CIA are not a monolith, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have That's, another clip here. Uh, this is actually from a, a former CIA agent uh, and whistleblower. His name was uh, Philip Al- uh, Agee. Philip mm-hmm. Agee. Philip it's like I age, but with two E's. So I, just, Agee, I think yeah. it's like Agee. Uh, and this this clip is just, he, this is a guy who was in the CIA <laughs> who, like when I was at the State Department, we had to watch these dumb videos and like take tests about like, you know, be careful because if you're exposed to communism, you might fall for it. <laughs> They really did that? That's fucking hilarious. Oh, yes. They're very concerned that, like, if you, you know, sort of peel back the layers and figure out, like, what's really going on, that you'll, you know, just switch and become a commie, which has historically happened a lot. Like, <laughs> Which been, is very like, true, right? <laughs> there's been a lot of U.S. agents who, through other diplomatic missions or embassy postings, were just exposed to left-wing countries for a long period of time. We're like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe the crap my government's doing to these people. Right. For no other reason that they just don't want any anyone to succeed outside of a Western money-driven market. 
Right, right. right. So <laughs> are we the baddies, basically, in real time, right, right? Right. So this guy figured it out, and he boils it down very succinctly as to you know why the CIA uh, has to destroy any alternative to capitalism. Right. ...are successful in their example of being able to provide, as a poor country, the best medical care in the third world to the whole population because it's an inclusionary system. It's not like we have here, where you have this huge bulk of the population, you know, marginalized. Um, but there, if everybody can have adequate medical care, if the schooling is adequate for all, and remember, Cuba has more doctors and more teachers per capita than any country in the world, and they have succeeded in these areas, and it's all state-supported, um, which means people don't have to put money out for, for the medical care or for... Um, it's in, they, they, of course, pay the cost indirectly as a whole society, but they don't have to pay the bill in the hospital and so forth. And so that cannot be allowed to stand. It's a very bad example for the United States. So there is a, a very large mass of people out there who can look at Cuba and say, well, if they can do it, uh, and on a per capita income of $2,000, $2,500 a year, where ours is $22,500 a year, what's wrong with What's wrong with our system? I mean, maybe we ought to consider an alternative. That's why Nicaragua, Sandinista in Nicaragua, had to be destroyed. Exactly. They were a bad example, and that's why Grenada had to be destroyed, because mm -hmm. any um, movement that comes to power with the idea of providing for all the people and of escaping the control of the United States and its uh, economy, let's say the corporations and so forth, then that is bad news here in the United States in the upper uh, circles of power. So there you go. It really is that simple. That trailed uh, off because he, he was he was shot by a sniper and he, you know, his, his brains got blown across the back. Of no, the, this, uh, this is this this no, is kind of like even even that you know unthreatening of an analysis that'll get you fired. Oh fuck yeah! At the very least, I mean. Like, that's, like, your security clearance is going to be revoked, and you're going to be forced out. You'll probably get death threats. You know, you're a traitor at that point. Um, and he's not saying, you know, like, hey, America should go commie. It's like, hey, what if education and, and healthcare were free? Get the fuck out of our country, <laughs> you traitor. You know, it's like, that. That's that's how fragile we are. Right. You know, like, we want big cars that go fast and explosions that go boom loud. That's America, and if you don't want to do that, then you can fuck off with your queer library bullshit <laughs> hospital, whatever. It's just it's so it's so childish. At the end of the day, you know, we imagine right. that we have this this huge, sophisticated apparatus, uh, you know, largest economy in the world, all these resources, and it all boils down to little tiny men with infantilized egos who run the world. That's, you know, it's not some secret cabal. <laughs> you know, these people, these people, you know, want to get published in newspapers. They want to be public. They want to be important. Right. There's, there's no, uh, you know, shadow government. <laughs> anyway, there's no, there's no, the deep state is just the CIA. Okay. And you can fucking follow these people. You can go watch the CIA every night on Rachel Maddow. <laughs> they have what's his name has a fucking spot on every single night. He's John Brennan always on there, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, 
as as awful as all this is, you know, at least we're finally sort of maybe getting out of Afghanistan. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a full what nine years after Biden said it was going to happen, <laughs> right? In twenty one years since it since we went there, nineteen years. Something we're 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 going on two decades now. We're we're, we're right of when we actually right. started. You know, the, the so, operations there. You know, I saw this headline. And I just, you know, I, I'll browse through Yahoo News looking for funny stories sometimes because they, they'll aggregate things from, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, which are, you know, stomach churning, but occasionally they'll have something funny in there. And I just saw this headline, and it's just, it's like, when will a fucking meteor take out this cunt? Hillary Clinton warns of huge consequences in Afghanistan if U.S. <laughs> troops are withdrawn. God, Shut just... the fuck up forever. She's so fucking blood. She's just unbelievably bloodthirsty. Like you know, we they, they all are to some extent, but like she just fucking loves fucking wasting billions of dollars and killing as many fucking Arabs as possible. Like that's her fucking goal in life. It's it's the only thing that like you know. I can't even imagine that she's ever happy because she just is is a very unhappy, miserable person. But like, it's the only thing that brings her comfort. I think in this world is is who could killing possibly, Muslim people. Who could possibly be in the Senate <clears throat> and see someone like Bernie Sanders, who you know John McCain likes, Ted Cruz likes, Joe Biden likes. Ross like Perot gave a sword you, to you. Can't yeah, yeah. And, and and then say nobody likes Bernie Sanders. Remember when Hillary Clinton said that? She said yep. that nobody <clears throat> likes Bernie Sanders. Right. If you were in the Senate with him, and literally out of all those people in the fucking Senate, the one person they all liked equally, the most the most popular guy in the U.S. Senate amongst other senators was Bernie fucking Sanders. I wouldn't be socialist. shocked if Bill liked him when he was president, like just because he, you know, he, he was a much more affable guy back then. And Bernie and Hillary kind of like I don't want to say worked together, but they certainly were not as adversarial, really. you know, back then. Just like, uh, like she cannot see her reflection she can't no. see her own projection of hostility and she's still tweeting about it still. she's still fucking quote tweeting people that are bashing bernie to this right. day lunatic unhinged k-hive psychopaths who like put out like a death threat list against like leftist youtubers <laughs> like that was who she was quote tweeting the other day yeah she <clears throat> she's she's a fucking just a sad pathetic little person um you know who who's a raging e- egomaniac and had one of the most stifling crippling ego crushing um defeats of all time and just cannot get over it and has to justify it somehow but yeah so you uh, we have yeah yeah uh, she still gets trotted out anytime you know now we have to like make biden look good whatever biden's doing he has to look good um so they they trotted her out on cnn i watched like the whole eight minute interview which was like just I wanted to gouge her eyes out and my eyes out by the end of it. And, you know, they do these segments just to fill up airtime. But right. then once you do a segment on the news, then, uh, you know, a dozens of articles will be written that quote like one or two lines. You know, it's just a, an excuse to be like, oh, here's a newsworthy event. Hillary Clinton had nothing better to do than to talk on CNN. So we're going to write a bunch of articles. So the BBC wrote an article. Uh, BBC, which people... Oh, should be reminded is state-run media, right? You know, we like to say, you know, oh, Telesur, that's state-run media. Oh, uh, Al Jazeera, state-run media, scary. Right. BBC, RT. state-run media, right? But it's um, run by white state white people, so it's okay. It's right, a, you know, white Anglo people. So. so this this article horrified me. 
it's clearly an opinion piece presented as news. Right. Right. And it was so horrifying. I I took like just four lines out of it. And they're not out of context. This is the weirdest part was like <clears throat> some of the things we're going to play here uh, are totally in context, but sound out of context. But they're in context of of making you think that the words being spoken are somehow in any way acceptable. So just for fun, I, I plugged these words into a uh, text-to-speech uh, text app. Right. Because um, those are fun to play around with, like, you know, especially if you have, like, a robotic voice or, like, you'll figure out, like, the computer can't pronounce certain words or names properly. <laughs> um, but t- take special note. We might play this twice here, but uh, take special notice of when the computer voice says a word flatly or a name flatly versus where they say it very warm and friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, w- like, listen for when the inflection goes up and sounds really positive, <laughs> because it's it's at some of the most horrifying moments in the words here. <laughs> Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has warned of huge consequences of President Joe Biden's decision to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan. Mrs. Clinton told CNN there was a risk the Taliban... The Islamist group ousted in 2001 by the U.S.-led invasion could retake control. Hillary Clinton represents the view of foreign policy experts that the U.S. should show its strength and deploy its military. Her criticism of Biden's plan reflects this sensibility. Her criticism matters in part because so many in the foreign policy establishment, both Democrats and Republicans, agree with her. Condoleezza Rice, who served as Secretary of State under President George W. Bush, has also warned about the risks of withdrawing troops and the threat of terrorism. Talk about Orwellian. Right. Uh, it, it, it's So every, every time they mention Hillary Clinton or Condoleezza Rice, the tonal quality goes up, like becomes super inspirational. Mrs. Clinton told CNN <laughs> that, you know, Hillary Clinton represents the view foreign policy experts that the U.S. should deploy its military to show its strength. What? Deploy its military where? Against whom? Everywhere. Anywhere. That's d- Literally that's everywhere just, and anywhere. Uh, the, imagine if North Korea or or Iran said, we're going to show our strength by deploying our military. Like, we would be on fucking DEFCON 1 or 5. Whatever the highest the one is, one. right? Yeah, 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 I don't <laughs> we, know. Would be, we would be fucking panicking. <laughs> You know, it'd be like Joint Chiefs of Staff in the War Room, fucking Doctor Strange Love Time. Right. If if another country just made a blanket statement of we're going to deploy our military to show our strength, we're not saying where. It's just we're going to do that. Like that's what the fucking Thatcher did. Thatcher was like, well, we just need to look strong, so we're going to go down and kill a bunch of people on the Falkland Islands to right. reaffirm that that you know Britannia is fucking has a navy. You know, in case you forgot, there's a thing I think in world history where. Women who women who get into power who have that thing in their brain that that politicians have that certain politicians have that just allows them to be totally fine with making decisions that are going to kill thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. The people who are of that that specific subset that I'm talking about, uh, who are women specifically, I do feel like they go overboard because they perceive any kind of you know logical sensible diplomacy as weakness and as like oh well i can't be weak so i have to be extra shitty and extra fucking psychotic and extra right wing and and murderous to make sure that i'm not perceived as a weak well person because i'm a woman this this article was written by a woman i don't have her name in here in front of me but just her i just want to read this line again 
We won't play it again. I'll just read it again. Hillary Clinton represents the view of foreign policy experts that the U.S. should show its strength and deploy its military. So it's like her her physical embodiment represents those views. Right. It's not saying she has said this. It's saying that she just her existence represents the view of foreign policy experts. Keep in mind they're experts. So if an expert says the U.S. should be imperialist and just simply de- deploy its military to show how strong it is. That's an expert opinion, which uh, clearly those people uh, still have jobs after that was their opinion uh, in the run-up to the Afghanistan war, uh, regime change in Libya, disaster in Iraq, uh, bombing Pakistan, bombing, you know, carrying out a a genocide in Yemen. This is their expert opinion, so you can't criticize it. Right. But Hillary Clinton's criticism of President Biden (laughs) reflects... (laughs) Those How is that not the voice to text app? What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, just, just, just again, her criticism of Biden's plan reflects this sensibility. Those are the words written in this article. Mm-hmm. Sensibility. So they're foreign policy experts. Sensibility. She's reflecting that sensibility by being Margaret Thatcher. Right. And just you know, keep in mind her criticism of President Biden matters in part. Because so many in the foreign policy establishment, both Democrat and Republican, agree with her. Right. And as evidence, they cite Condoleezza Rice, who lied us into a war that got a million people killed. Right, right, of course. And and again, and, you know, we, we talk about we talked about this you know weeks ago about the Afghanistan situation where Biden, you know, uh or Biden said that he would be pulling troops out, you know, in twenty thirteen. He he said or twenty fourteen he said troops would be out by um but him pro- like proclaiming that troops are going to be out again really is meaningless because there are only about two thousand American troops left in Afghanistan. The vast they're majority, not doing anything there. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's private contractors. It's forty thousand private contractors in Afghanistan right now. Who he has right. little to. I mean, he could you know say get the fuck out, but he's not doing anything. He's not well, making he, any proclamations this, regarding this, them. This this notion that they're all going to be out by September eleventh is sort of macabre. By yeah, the way, right. like that's you want to remind us of you know why we waged a war for nothing? Why we started 911? a fake Thanks. war? It's two fake wars, yeah. But Trump already had an agreement with the Taliban to be completely out by May first, and Biden overstayed that agreement, right? Right. So that's the only reason why right now the Taliban's like pissed <clears> off <throat> and have started attacking places again, right? right? So this this notion that like they're in the wrong, we have to worry about the Taliban taking over again. It's like we had already had an agreement under Trump that we were going to leave. We broke way, Biden broke that agreement, right? Right. And this this notion that oh well the Taliban could take over here. Taliban has always been in control. It's their fucking country. It's the government. Taliban's the fucking government. The <laughs> Taliban is not. A, and this is a, something that Bush made a huge effort at. You know that that whole administration is is conflating the Taliban with Al Qaeda. No, I'm not saying the Taliban are great. They're a fundamentalist religious government, but. They're not the same as Al Qaeda. The, the, the Taliban is a there, functioning party right, government. The people like, who live there who are not part of the Taliban have lived with the Taliban for decades. Right. Like they know who they are. They're their neighbors. They might not always get along, right? But they they know each other. So this idea that like, oh, they're gonna you know and, and part of the agreement they had with the US troops leaving by May first with Trump was that the Taliban was not gonna let Al Qaeda Back into their country, then we're going right. to let them organize uh, any kind of terrorist network or whatever, right? So every day that we're there longer than that May first pullout date threatens that agreement and makes it more likely that the Taliban might say, "You know what? Fuck it, Al Qaeda, come on back in." Right. 
Uh, yeah, and which, which uh, honestly might be the point, because at the end of the day, people like Joe Biden fucking love them some more, love them some, uh, you know, cutting cutting those checks for the fucking defense contractors who would love if we had to find a reason to stay in Afghanistan and send more troops back to Afghanistan. Like, if right. there's all of a sudden another insurgency because we fucking lied and overstayed our agreement, uh, and then a bunch of fucking Al-Qaeda guys came back in and started... Uh, wreaking havoc and then the taliban said fuck it you know you guys lied we're now look at what's happened um it's that's it's great the guy hopped up on cocaine that like the minute i would try to take off he'd be like yeah fuck you that's, <laughs> right? like, that's that's america in afghanistan right it's like well we're gonna leave but if you do anything on our way out we're never we're gonna turn around and come back it's just it's like we're never when, leaving the when do you like, ever right. get tired of losing <laughs> you know right uh when you ever get tired of being the bully who just can't let go of the fact that you lost. Like, just get off the fucking field. Right. Go home. Right. You know, the, the, the people, we've said this a million times, the people that had to go there and fight those wars for the last two decades, they're all anti-war now. And that was something Trump tapped into. And that was something that he continued tapping into the whole time he was president. Right. And that's why he, he, he retained so much popularity, because he, he saw how anti-war the people that were lied to to go over there and fight were. Right. And, and, you know, and again, this is not saying that he was doing this for some magnanimous reason, but he understood fundamentally that, you know, the the uh, the, the the clown car of people that he was running against in 2016, they were all, for the most part, just, you know, run of the mill establishment Republicans who would never go against the fucking foreign policy orthodoxy of the United States. So they all had to reflexively, to some extent, defend uh, the Iraq war, especially the, you know, the alleged frontrunner Jeb Bush, who it was his fucking brother's war, like he had to defend it. And, you know, Trump saw that lane as like, look, this is like, no, of course. Yeah, he, he understood fundamentally that all of those guys, uh, you know, spent time there, except for the real fucking psychos and saw that we had no business being there. We committed atrocities, you know, in, in, you know, in the name of protecting freedom, fucking total horseshit. Um, so, you know, he was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that. And again, the, the, the fucking liberals and in, in, in government are the same way. Joe Biden was one of the biggest cheerleaders for the fucking Iraq war. Uh, and he refuses to ever admit that he's wrong. He's one of the most fucking uh, stubborn, arrogant, egomaniacal people in Washington. So he refuses to ever admit that he's wrong, even when the evidence is staring him in the fucking face. Um He's not going to admit that he was wrong about advocating for Iraq so vehemently and, like, you know, chastising and making fun of his Democratic colleagues who were, you know, the few courageous ones who were so vehemently opposed to the Iraq war, to the Afghanistan invasion. Like, he was fucking brutal to those Democrats, like, in, 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 the, in the early 2000s. And, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I would be shocked if... if anyone ever got out of there but again we're never getting out of the middle east like it, if we you know move some troops out of afghanistan you know they'll just go hang out on a base in israel like that's you know the fuck israel's the fucking united states you know uh, basically a territory anyway at this point they're the same uh to us as like a puerto rico at this point you know except we like them a lot more and don't mistreat them nearly yeah, as much. well they you know this is this is uh aoc tweet about this you know the people that are like the the David Frums of the world that are like, oh, we should grow the republic. D.C. should be the state. Puerto Rico should be the state. And Cuba should be a U.S. state. Like, uh, that's the, what you're going <laughs> to conquer them? Is that we're going to 
show our strength and deploy our military next. In Japan, um, and, AOC and was tweeting about Germany. this. You know, like the, the idea that like we own Puerto Rico and it's our decision to become a state is racist, right? Uh, as hell, and all you know, obviously colonialist. But like the idea that like our 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 elections are now hanging in the balance based on whether we make DC or Puerto Rico state is also like we we have delegates from Puerto Rico already who caucus with the Republican Party. Like, that's they're not just the notion that because they're Puerto Rican, they're automatically going to be Democrats is also inherently racist. Right, right, of um, course. And they should, you know, the only people who should be deciding whether Puerto Rico becomes a state or becomes their own country are Puerto Ricans. Right, gets their fucking country back. Like, you know, like, because, again, it's just another fucking example of our naked colonialism that they're even considered a U.S. territory to begin with. Um, right. They should be, you know, I... I believe that if most people there had their say they would you know decide to be their own country right uh with hopefully billions in reparations in the united states for decades of being exploited and neglected at the same time right yeah but you know unfortunately that's never going to happen um but you know real quick before we get out of here i do you mentioned exploitation and i want to talk about um this this really weird phenomenon that i'm sure Everyone who's on Twitter uh, or social media in general has seen lately, um, and and it really is almost like boomer outrage porn. But you know, I, I think we all kind of see through it at this point. Um, th- th- this this weird wording that every restaurant seems to be using all of a sudden uh, about how they're closed and or short staffed, and to be patient with them because nobody wants to work because you know the the one time fourteen hundred dollar check and or the. Uh, you know, $300 a month uh, in unemployment benefits are somehow so amazing and grand that people are just saying, yeah, you know what? I don't need to work ever again. I'm just going to sit back and collect my seven twenty-five an hour equivalent in $300 a week unemployment. Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious and, how, yeah. you know, yeah, that $1,400 we got uh, last year is apparently <laughs> enough to, you know, ride out your your life with right right well into you know like until like multiple seasons have changed you know it's like the fucking it's the fucking meme it's like how much could have been in a cost ten dollars right well i mean this is obviously a restaurant association fucking you know media blitz that they're giving out to all of their chains and all of their people to, to, to push this idea because right now uh, you know, as people are starting to kind of get back, you know, to some semblance of normalcy, you know, and we talked about the different ways that that is and isn't happening. But, um, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, it's not really worth risking my fucking life for seven twenty five an hour. Like, I'm, I'd rather just not work and collect unemployment than get paid your fucking poverty wages to kill myself 40, 45 hours a week standing on my feet dealing with assholes. Like, why would I want to do that? Um, and in some restaurants, it's even lower than that with the tip wage. So, like, people are rightly demanding that they be paid a fair fucking wage uh, to to kill themselves for your company and for your fucking profits. And, well, and, and it's always, like, like private franchise owners that are the worst about this. Right. Like, because you, uh, you know, they'll put up a, a sign in the drive-thru because, like, they're, they're a shitty boss. It's not that nobody will work there for shitty pay. It's that you're making the work environment shitty also. That's why they don't want to work there. Fucking somebody, this like I think he's a state rep, uh, David <clears throat> Rouser, 
uh, posted a tweet that was making the rounds saying, this is what happens when you extend unemployment benefits for too long and add a $1,400 stimulus payment to it. Right when employees need workers to fully open back up, few can be found. Aren't these all the same, you know, people that are like, well, capitalism is voluntary. You know, right. it's your choice to work there. It's your choice to work there. Now it's like, what, so it's it's not your choice? You're a slave? You have to work there even if you don't want to? It's almost, or, yeah. It, these are the people that want all these right-to-work laws, saying that, like, it's your right to work without a union, and also <laughs> right. your right to quit without a union. But no, don't... No, it's your requirement you know. to work now. <laughs> it's like... Right. It, right to work means it's my right that you come to work <laughs> for as little money as possible well so i mean if only there was some kind of incentive that's built into the bones of capitalism that would you know allow these companies and these these restaurants to like find people to want to work for them like if there was only something they could offer these people if only there was like an <laughs> unseen force behind the market that was causing people to you know veer one way or the other uh, you know, some unseen hand that was, you know, motivating people to work versus motivating, motivating them not to work. Right. Um, uh, yeah. yeah it, just it's pay just, fucking it's people worse. This is like it's the hilarious. stupidest supposed to If there's this many people out of work, it, it, like your labor pool is that big and you can't get them to come to work, you're the problem, I, not I, I the wanna, market. <laughs> I want to read really quick. There's an article from the Pittsburgh Business Times um, called How Local Companies Are Filling Open Roles Amid a Later a Labor Shortage, which, again, there's not a fucking labor shortage. Um, th- and this is the first three paragraphs uh, that somebody clipped out of this article, which are fucking hilarious. As March drew to a close, Clavin's Ice Cream Parlor in the Strip District found itself without enough workers for the upcoming spring and summer rush, and it certainly did not have, have enough workers to open the shop to its desired seven days a week schedule. Then, on March 30th, the parlor announced that it would more than double the starting wage for rolls, going from $7.25 an hour to $15 an hour a scoop that seemed to captivate workers throughout the region and one that earned a significant amount of local media coverage. Quote, It was instant, overnight. We got thousands of applications that poured in, Maya Johnson, general manager of Clavon, said. It was very overwhelming, very. People were coming in by the next day uh, that it broke on the news. They were coming in, filling out paper applications. I was doing on-the-spot interviews. What a fucking mystery. You you pay people first of all, fuck you for fucking trying to pay people 7.25 an hour to serve food to other people when you're clearly were fucking raking it in that you need that many employees to fucking staff your your ice cream parlor in the spring and summer months. Um but yeah, it's it, it's it's not a fucking mystery. It's not science. It's not magic. Like you pay people a decent wage and again, 15's too fucking low in a lot of places in most places, but it's still better than seven twenty five an hour. If you pay people a decent wage, they're a lot more likely to want to work for you uh, and to work more because, you know, they actually can kind yeah. of afford to, like, live a life if you fucking pay them enough money to do so. Like, it's not rocket science. So this guy, uh, GOP rep uh, David Rouser, who tweeted out this, his uh, condemnation of all of us freeloaders who are living high on the $1,400 we got last year. Right. Uh, his background banner photo on Twitter is a, is a picture of a fucking yacht marina. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, here's all my rich brother's boats. Um, so the, there was one other person that had a hilarious response. Uh, it replied to him, said, this is always one of the first things to happen in communist transition conditions. <laughs> Like, because America's clearly transitioned to communism. Oh man! Uh, the government needs Holy. to get their hands out of the f- uh, out of the free market and let it fix itself. 
for consumers, producers, and workers' collective benefit. <laughs> Ima- love, it's just imagine. I love thing. When, when people promoting capitalism use words like workers' collective. Right. I mean, just imagine yeah. not realizing that people demanding higher wages is is the fucking market forces at work in the hand of the market, not like... Well, like, they, like they, they don't see it that way. No, they of don't, course. They think that the market is just people, you know, the banks and investors and, uh, you know, people, stock guys on the floor of the thing yelling shit, the bell rings and all that. <laughs> like, that That to them is the market. The market is never the labor. Right. Labor is totally divorced from the market. And they try to make workers and laborers believe that their labor is divorced from the market. You know, they're, they're worthless and that they, they could right. easily be replaced by somebody, which, you know, is almost never the case in most of these jobs. Like, every low-wage job is a high-skilled job in some aspect. Like, this this idea that, you know, if you're you're making people's fucking food and operating all these complicated machinery and dealing with all these assholes every day and, like, being on your feet for fucking eight hours, like, that you're some kind of a low-skilled laborer is... Beyond right. fucking insulting to everyone's intelligence, but that's just... And, you know. and then they want a virtue signal about caring about workers, you know, with shit like that. And then they, they post pictures of, you know, touchscreen menus at McDonald's saying, this is what's going to happen if you have $15 minimum, like, minimum wage. Like, you you took a picture of a thing that's already there, and the wage is still seven twenty five. <laughs> right, right. They, so what's happening fuck? now? Like, they, that's they're going to do that one way or another because they want us to cut yeah. labor as much as possible, but that's it, not... It is really insidious, though, because, like, I I, um, I couldn't find the right fit and wash of jeans that I wanted, so I ordered a pair online to get picked up at Target, mm-hmm. right? And they turned out to fit great, so I, I ordered another pair. But in the little package... There's, there was like a little present there, and it's a little like 1.75 ounce uh, packet of free coffee, which of course I probably paid for because they just include it in the price of everything. Right, right. Um, and then there's a coupon for 15% off if you go buy more of that coffee. They gave you the sample of, but only if you download the Target app and scan it with your phone. Right, because what they really want to do is eventually have it where you know, like these stores that are opening up, where nobody works there at all, and you just you ring up all your items yourself with your phone on with the barcodes, and then you can just walk out the door with all your shit. Right, so they want you to basically be the grocery. Amazon has those now, right? I mean, they they're they're rolling those out (laughs) in New York and like all over. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like, oh, this is so convenient. I'll just stand in the line, but you you just have to walk around and fucking scan all your shit for yourself. Right. Like that's how is that more convenient that I have to, you know, like be the grocery be your like, fucking clerk, right? <laughs> like, right. Bag so it myself. I, I'm I'm definitely not going to do that. Or I'm going to go into the store and like take a shitload of time with like an employee, you know, to to like help me ring it up with one of their machines, like, or I'll just go to like the actual like. An actual checkout lane. Yeah, I'm sure there will. Yeah. There'll have to always be one because you know there'll be boomers in there who are like, "Why I don't have a smartphone? What do you mean I gotta?" That's what I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna go like loiter around Target and you know bother all the employees to you know give them job security. Like, oh, I'm really busy. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but like, if I don't, if I don't do this, they're gonna get rid of you. You know, they replace you with a fucking app on their phone. Oh God, yeah. And not that I, I know you hate this job too. Right, I, I don't blame you. But, well. right. oh, <laughs> but that's 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 always the thing. Everyone's like, you know, everyone who's anti-worker, you know, tries to pretend as though they're really worried about uh, automation replacing jobs, and like, 
there's a lot of really shitty jobs that no human being should have to do. Right. Things that are just like physically repetitious that cause you to have, you know, carpal tunnel syndrome. Right. Like there's, the, there's the whole reason certainly... occupational therapy exists is for jobs right. like that where you just kill yourself but, for your but fucking. But that work. automation should then lead to us having to not work as much. Right. Like, oh, robots do everything now. Sweet. Let's all live in a fucking socialist utopia where none of us have to work and we all can just go to the library right. and we shouldn't have hang out at the work. beach. Like. But no, no, you still have to work, and we're still going to have robots, and your job can be to, uh, you know, uh, file, uh, you know, adjudicate a claim when the robot kills somebody, and and your adjudication process is supposed to make sure that that person the robot killed can't get health benefits. Right. Because it was their fault somehow. Right. Like, that's your new job. I, I really do think, though, that we need, I mean, you know, eight-hour workday has been, that that was a victory labor won fucking decades and decades ago. I mean, we really need to be on to, like, a five-hour workday. Like, that needs to be the next labor fight is, like, a five-hour workday, a 20-hour work week for the same, you know, full-time, 40-hour-a-week now pay that people get. Like, that needs to be the next fucking fight for labor because oh yeah, it, four, people four are not meant to be in a fucking a building for eight fucking it's hours a crazy. day, five days. It's, it's it literally try- soul-crushing. Yeah, when I was at State Department, they actually had like a 32-hour, four-hour workday, mm-hmm. and they thought that was because like people were, a lot of the people you had to, to uh, in order to work there had to have some kind of um, uh, diagnosed disability, which I didn't really have, but it was like sort of an acute problem, not a uh, right. not a uh, chronic problem, but still I, I got in there, and um, they were going to switch it up to like, longer days and longer hours and i was like no i don't want to i'm not available for those times they're like well that this is what the new schedule is going to be and i just said i'm not available to work right during those times this is you know and they were like sort of astounded that i was just saying <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> like what well you have to work when you're scheduled to I'm like i can't work at times i'm not available to work right so if you want me to work i'll come in here and i'll fucking run circles around everybody else as far as their their call stats and their you know customer satisfaction rating and everything and you i know you need me to do that because i'm one of the best people you have here out of hundreds of people but i'm going to decide when i come in that's you know and that's something that i think people really need to understand is like especially if you work at a small business or like a, a not even a small bit but like a place that's not you know a thousand employees like you know in your specific area you're a lot more valuable to your work than than they want you to realize, and you can get a lot. Like, I, I'm very big in my gen. You know, I'm not. I won't get too far into it because who knows who listens to this. But I'm very big in my job on like throwing down the gauntlet when I don't like something. Of like, okay, well, um, who who's who else are you going to get to do that? Then is is my question. Like, that's that's something that people can and should do all the fucking time if they're trying to be if they're being. If your boss or your people that you work with are trying to exploit you, because um, it's a lot more fucking expensive and time consuming and difficult for them to find somebody who's going to do your job as good as well as you can, especially if you have any level of experience, uh, than to just give in and stop trying to fucking get you to do things that you have no um obligation to do so that I, usually usually i mean I, look, there, I, this there's is a lot of places where they nine times they, out of ten but yeah they bank on having high turnover and constantly uh hiring right like amazon no warehouses skills. i'm sure is that it, amazon warehouses right. um like door-to-door street solicitors street canvassers for money like their their turnover is like three weeks wow you know yeah. it's just you gotta you gotta fucking harass people on the street for money 
uh, for whatever nonprofit it is. And if you don't make, you know, $300 a week, uh, and then they, you know, every week you have to make more and more and more, then you're just, you're out. Right. And they, they depend on people that are desperate like that. And they know that they're only going to retain like a 1% of all the people they hire past the first year, but that's, that's just their model. Right. 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 Right, but in most places you could definitely do that shit and get away with it. That's all. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, oh, it's it's hard to advocate for yourself, though. You know, it is. It's like, scary. Like, it's right, and that's why we need a fucking union, right? Because then you're not fighting for your for scraps on your own, right? And then you've got all your brothers and sisters uh, with you in that fight, hundred percent. Right? And once you have that, then you know, like every day I'm looking at the CTU, and like they're they're on the verge of going on strike every single day, and like every single day the mayor. And like the head of CPS is just coming out and saying like the most awful shit about the union, how they're well, we support everything the union supports. We just don't support their tactics, and their tactics make it harder for us to get our job done. It's like then, then resign, bitch. Right. Like you don't do want something the, else. It, the biggest fight right now is that uh, Chicago is like one of the biggest school districts in the country that doesn't have an elected school board. And wow. when Mayor Lori Lightfoot ran for mayor. She said that she supported having a, a democratically elected school board. And, of course, now that she's in office, she doesn't want that. She right. wants to appoint the school board. Because she's a fucking and fascist. Of course, right. Right. And, the head, all, of course, all the heads of the school board don't want to have to run for election. They like being appointed by, you know, whoever's in power that they can be buddies with. So, yeah, it's this is like, you know, and again, we can afford to have a cop an armed cop in every Chicago school, but we can't afford to have a librarian or a nurse in every Chicago school. Unreal. So that that is that shit is exactly not even during a pandemic. That that is exactly why we need to have an elected school board. Almost every other school district in the state of Illinois has an elected school board, but right. not in the biggest city in the state. Right. It's preposterous. Oh God. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us today. Um but yeah, so uh, if you want to support the show, uh, rate and view and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, patreon.com slash move left. We have merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty, and just for anyone who wants a, an update, uh, my my arm where I got the shot it was very sore this morning, feeling a little bit better right now. But uh, as of as of right now, almost uh, I guess 23 hours since I got my injection, I have had no flu-like symptoms at all. So I was right. told that like the next day is when people feel it. Uh, or you said you felt it uh, after your second injection. No, right? I actually, so weirdly, I had, and, and I really didn't have bad symptoms at all. Like after the, I worked the day after I got my first one, which I probably shouldn't have because I was very out of it. But like, again, it was, I was out of it, but I wasn't like bedridden or debilitated. I was just very, I felt very like groggy, you know, like just couldn't shake that. Like, like 10 hours of Howard Hughes pissing in jars. Right. You know. <laughs> Throwing your fingernails out, right, um, and then right back to normal, just just like and then, the right Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one, I actually really didn't um, have much of a, many symptoms at all, so that was pretty good. But yeah, no, uh, just you know, not bad at all. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that Slate article about the J and J vaccine that I got is actually true—that it's uh, least painful, least side effects, and uh, definitely is 
the coolest one that the kids on TikTok keep raving about. <laughs> oh, oh man! God. All right, yeah. Anyway, if go get your fucking vaccine, America. Seriously, I don't, come on! I want to like, go back to fucking doing shit. Like, can you can you people please Can you people please? Yeah. Stop being assholes so we can they're, get back to fucking normal life. Like the only way that you can get a permit for an outdoor concert coming up this summer in Chicago is if you if like if you're you checking, have to require right. people to show their vaccine card to get in. Right. Like that's how you like events are getting permits from the city now is by having somebody have to check those, which is, you know, like they said they weren't going to have like a vaccine passport, but that's totally what we're actually going to end up doing I mean, right now. I, for shit like that, that's like non-essential and voluntary and just entertainment. I kind of don't like I would feel a lot safer if I was going to a big event that like I know everyone who was going in was vaccinated. Like I'd be like, all right, fuck, great. Like that's, you know, I, I could feel relatively confident yeah. that I'm not going to be infected just, with I some worry, shit here. Like, people make uh you know fake ones or like, oh, oh it? like how do you re- how do you replace it people are gonna lie about that or, shit you know, constantly yeah you take it to a fucking concert you're gonna get fucking beer spilt on it and it's gonna get re- <laughs> like it you know it's gonna be a mess we're gonna oh, read about a bunch of sure. hilarious stories about people you know making a ton of money filling out thousands of or selling thousands of fake vaccine cards like, just go get the fucking vaccine it's free right it's fucking free. it's literally the only time you can experience socialized medicine <laughs> right. in this fucking country you assholes go do it right and if you go to a big like mega vac site chances are the military's running <laughs> so you can fucking salute the kids that are there who are you know we're gonna go trying be, to pay be, for college right um <laughs> Right, Le- but America. legit, <laughs> so fucked up. Le- legit though, like if you have like a Walgreens or CVS in your area that's giving it out, I, I so I went when I because f- I was like in the first wave because I'm t- considered a healthcare worker. They, I went to like a, a healthcare like group like that did it, and it was like pretty painless, like the process. I mean. Um, but I, did you get to salute the officers <laughs> who were working there? No, no, I, mean, no, I that, still would because. I, I respect CVS workers, but I but, but I know. did have to go and sit and wait a while. Like, it, it, so I took you know my wife recently got hers at Walgreens. It was like super fucking easy. Like, if you have that access near you, like do that shit because yeah. you literally just like roll up to the pharmacy when you have an appointment, and they are like, oh okay, here, just come in here, and they stick you, and then you just walk around Walgreens for fifteen minutes, and you're fucking done. Like it's so it's super quick. Like it was right. awesome. So yeah, legit. Go do that shit. Um, you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> to what we say. Uh, yeah. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, yep. go go get your life back, America. For get, real. Get vaxxed so you can go to the fucking Kenny Chesney concert or whatever the fuck you listen to. <laughs> legit, legit. All right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on Twitter at uh, move underscore left. <laughs> yeah, I already said it, but I'll say it again. Bike Slutty is my Twitter handle. All right. We'll see you next week. Hey.